Hey everybody, hope you're doing well. It is five minutes until December 30th. It is uh, December 29th at 11.55 p.m. And I thought I'd do a a, uh, a relatively quick live cast. I, was, uh, I attended the game tonight in Mackey Arena uh, versus Nichols, not State, not Nichols State, formerly known as Nichols State. And uh, Nichols has played some good games this year. They... Um, they lost a close one versus uh, versus Wisconsin. Um, they got beaten up pretty good by the number one team in the land, Baylor. Um, and Purdue was favored by 29 points as well. And um, uh, Purdue looked the part in the first half, especially towards the, the last 10 minutes of the first half. Uh, they started off second half okay. Um, and then just kind of seemed to be cruising or gliding. Uh, they didn't play particularly well on defense, really, for the entire game. Uh, Nichols didn't really have a, a good answer uh, to produce big men, especially Zach Eady. He was he was truly dominant. He kind of wore down their big guy. They had a a guy with the uh, I don't know how to say this nicely with the build of an older guy. He looked like a guy who played at the Y, but he was pretty good. Um, let's see, his name was uh, I think Lions played very well, um, but. Um, he had 20 points and uh, played a lot of minutes, played 28 minutes, I think. Um, but um, he really had a hard time handling. Um, he was a funny guy, too. And Mackie, I don't know if he picked that up on TV, but um, I can talk about that in a second. But um, uh, he got in foul trouble, ended up fouling out, and uh, really struggled with Edie and uh, Travion both. But Edie had just a monster game. I'll go through the stats real quickly for you. Um, he... Um, uh, Edie, in just 16 minutes, scored 21 points, uh, five rebounds, four assists, two blocks, and a steal. Uh, damn good game. And then Travion Williams, the other part of the two-headed monster, uh, he had, in 23 minutes, he had nine points and 11 rebounds. Purdue's bigs were really, really good. Um, they handled their business. Um, Purdue's littles were pretty darn good, too, from deep, especially three-point. Uh, they shot 48%. One point in the second half, I think, Purdue shooting 60% from three, and that really was the whole point of the game. Purdue shot the ball so darn well. Offense was so good, and there was some there's some conversation on Twitter and other places that, um, and Ray Davis specifically brought it up, that allowing a team to score 90 points at home is something that, it, that Purdue shouldn't be proud of, and I tend to agree. Um, if you watch the game, especially in person, it just looked like Purdue – continues to struggle to guard the three. They looked very good versus Butler um, defending the three. They defended everything really well in that game. But in this game, uh, left a lot of, a lot to be desired. And because of that, they win by 14. Uh, the third phase, the third shift of players came in. Uh, Caleb first did not play with that third group. I think they came in with like two minutes left. Um, but uh, that third group had Ethan Morton with him uh, because first was on uh, COVID protocol. He was he was missed. He probably would have played pretty well versus this Nichols team that that kind of struggled uh, underneath. But um, let's see. Any, let, let me go through the stats. I haven't gone over these because I was at the game. Spent time with my family. Got home. Uh, let's see. Mason Gillis had ten points um, and four four boards. That he played pretty intent intense. There was a. Uh, I think Gillis was involved at the end of the first half as Purdue was leaving the court. A couple players got into it right underneath the basket after 
everything was over. I really don't know what happened. I was in the arena, like I said. I couldn't see it, but I do know um, a couple Nichols guys, a couple Purdue's guys look like, like they may go at it. Um, let's see. Uh, Isaiah Thompson had a good game, uh, 15 points, two rebounds. He shot the ball really well. He's three for five from three. Uh, two for two from free throw. Uh, Stefanovic got really hot, white hot for a, for a, for about a five seven minute period of the game. Really distanced Purdue at the end of that first half. That was a big deal. He finished with fourteen points on four of nine shooting, um, and uh, of course Edie. And then you had a, a host of players. You had uh, both Newman and Morton had seven points. Played really solid games. Trey Williams, like I said, nine points. Um, it was an interesting game because it's hard to it's hard to feel bad uh, when you beat up on a team, but the defense was really just not very good. And, and I heard somebody make the defense that <clears throat> Purdue looked like a team that wasn't uh, wasn't really into rhythm. But I usually that type of thinking goes into the offensive side where a team doesn't shoot well because they haven't played in a while, and that wasn't the case at all. Purdue got into rhythm relatively quickly, looked very good, but on defense they just. They're, they're not that great of a team right now. I, I don't know how else to say this, and that's a tough thing to swallow, for, I think, for many Purdue fans. Um, I think Nichols, like I said, is a pretty solid team. Um, I don't think they're as good as some people are making them out to be. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, I just don't think they're that good of a team. They got some good players, um, but uh, they had a player score 29 points, I think, uh, yeah, their, uh, their guard, Gordon, had 29 points. Uh, he shot a lot. He was 9 for 15 from 3, uh, but he was absolutely bombing. And, um, and Purdue's problem, we've seen over and over and over again, slow rotations to the shooter just keep happening. And getting a, guy, a hand in a guy's face after he's already released the ball is not defending the 3. Why do teams get hot versus Purdue? Why does it happen over and over and over and over against Purdue? It's because... The defense just is not that good on the perimeter. And um, it all comes from double teaming, making sure you take away the middle, and then a guy not getting out to the three quick enough. So good win in that it's a win. Uh, bad to me, again, I, I just agree with Ray Davis. I just would like to see a better defensive effort overall. I'd like to see Purdue just defend the three better because Big Ten teams are going to make them absolutely pay. And I think I'll sound like Nostradamus here because it's going to happen. It'll cost them a game this year in the conference, and that'll be tough to swallow, and then everybody will have to deal with, uh, you know, you know, taking that sour medicine. But they should be taking that medicine right now. So I hate to sound so dour after a 14-point victory, but this isn't the greatest competition. Also, I uh, want to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and your family. Um, I went to the Incarnate Work game, and I didn't come back and post right after it because I was like, well, that game was really weird. At the end of the game, you could tell Painter was taking it very easily on his uh, on his fellow Boilermaker, former Boilermaker, um, uh, Carson Cunningham, who coaches Incarnate Word, and uh, Purdue really let their foot off the gas in that one. That was okay. That was understandable. I, I agreed with it. Why well, make Incarnate Word feel like garbage leaving Mackey Arena? Purdue still beat up on him. But that game wasn't much to post out, and we were right before Christmas. And I was like, yeah, you know, we'll be okay. You guys will be fine without seeing me for a little bit. So, um, but uh, Purdue improves to, what, 12-1 um, and one on the season. They still are number three, but they allowed 90 points at home. So, um, and it wasn't because, it wasn't because just that third shift came in there. They had, they had a lot of points. Nichols had a lot of points, even when, 
all the starters and second team guys were out. Ethan Morton continues to impress me. He uh, he looks very very efficient, very good. He made he's getting more involved in the offense, which is good to see. Really good at getting to about 15 feet, making that easy shot. Um, he's he's good at um, kind of doing an unconventional way of driving on a defense. You know, he will because um, he's not the quickest guy, but man, he's he's very effective and his defense is good and he's just a solid player. Um, Isaiah Thompson knocks down shots when the defense is drawn to Ivy. It's awesome to see Ivy. Um, I don't even know if I, I don't know if I, if I didn't, Ivy, uh, had 19 points, uh, three of six, uh, from three and, uh, was six of eight in the free throw line. Um, played a great game, had a couple drives where Nichols just didn't have athletes to match up with Ivy. And that was a problem for them. He had one where he turned the corner way out past. They had a, they had a help defense come out with their big man, came all the way out to about 25 feet, turned the corner. Ivy knew that was there, and you could tell in the arena, well, he's about to dunk because he saw something that uh, they didn't see. Also, I wanted to address this thing one more time here. The um, the center for Nichols, it was hilarious. He knew that, he, you know, that everybody's going to yell. Yeah, it is. Uh, his name's Ryan, Ryan Lyons, um, and uh, number 35, very funny guy. Um, he knew that everybody's going to tell him to sit down um, when he got when he fouled out of the game. And so he decided to stay standing for the last two minutes or so of the game. Um, no, he fell out with about three minutes. He stayed standing until about the a minute mark, I think. And when he sat down, he had some fun with the fans, and he was going back and forth. He was It was very uh, – it was fun. Uh, it was neat in the arena. But um, anyway, my daughter, if you were at the game, actually she celebrates her 12th birthday tomorrow, and her name was up on the board if you saw it. Many of you on Twitter said, was that, is that by any chance – uh, Boiler Dowd's daughter, and it is. My daughter was at the game with us. We had our whole family there. It was fun, and uh, happy uh, happy birthday to her, and thanks to everybody who wished her happy birthday. So it is 12.05. It's just after midnight, and I'm not my usual energetic self. I'm actually getting ready to go to the game tomorrow morning, head down to Nashville. A little something we can talk about real quickly is that Purdue has, there are rumors right now that um, a couple of players might not be playing, and Purdue might have problems fielding the entire team because of COVID concerns. I don't know if any of this is true. So let's, let's all take it with a grain of salt. That said, we've seen this happen over and over and over in this bowl season already, and it is in Nashville, and bad things happen to Purdue in Nashville. So um, uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, but I'm heading down there with my family. First thing in the morning, 6 a.m. tomorrow, we are driving down to Nashville. Hope to see Purdue play even shorthanded. They're, you know, of course, Purdue's down Milton Wright. Purdue's down Mackey. Both those guys sounds like grade concerns. Then you have Karloftis, Bell, um, and um, it sounds like there may be more guys not being able to be available to play tomorrow. Let's sure hope not. I'd, I'd love to see Purdue show out really well down in Nashville versus Tennessee. Right now, um, Tennessee is favored by six when the line was released. They were favored by three. Um, so I guess Carl Loftus and Bell are only worth three points, which is bizarre to me, but whatever. Um, so that's about it. Hope to see you in Nashville if you're going and hope we get to see a game. Uh, like I said, this is all rumor and conjecture. It just doesn't feel very good. If you go to the knucklehead board and Twitter, there are lots of whispers out there, but whispers are just that we don't know anything. And the, the press conferences went well. We haven't heard anything else from anybody's mouths that, um, that there is an actual problem, but there might be. Who knows? Um, let's see. Uh, I've got a couple thoughts here from people. Brian T. up in the margin says, uh, uh, 
which is a bigger issue, perimeter defense or the struggle at point guard position under trapping full court press? Um, for me, the defense is a bigger problem. I've said this before. I don't think the trapping full court press is going to be um, that much of a concern if they can just – I mean, Thompson, when he's healthy, he generally looks good. He looked better today. He struggles a bit against the press. He, I think there was one time they trapped Purdue. Uh, Purdue actually trapped at one point, which was really weird in the second half. They extended – the, uh, the man, then they had help come out, so they had a trap up in the upper right corner. Um, yeah, I'm not all that concerned about the trap and the full court press, especially with Thompson with his wheels back. He looks faster than he did in uh, before Christmas. So, uh, But the defense bothers me just because it hasn't um, gelled yet, and it doesn't look good. It doesn't look like it was improving versus Butler. It looked good. I don't know if Butler's very good. In fact, I don't think they're very good. So um, I sure don't think Nichols is a team that would contend for a Big Ten title. And guess what? Purdue's going to play teams that not only are contending for Big Ten titles, but are going to be right there with them or ahead of them. So Purdue's got some things to figure out. Um, the defense, it, it bothers me a lot just because it's something that's a, it's a bedrock of the program. Um, uh, oh, that's a good, uh, Robert, uh, I don't know how to pronounce Sulno. Uh, sorry. Um, he says, what are your thoughts on Mason starting uh, going forward? I, I think Mason Gillis starting makes a ton of sense. I love that Travion Williams is back in the starting lineup. I think I think Mason Gillis starting, he should start. He's a starter. Um, and I think that he's kind of earned and worked his way back in there. He's a hell of an enforcer. He's a great, uh, he's a great piece of this puzzle. I'm glad he was in the starting lineup today, regardless of the reason he was in the starting lineup because first being on COVID protocol. So um, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Ken says nine-day break didn't help either. So I'm going to – Ken, here's the thing. that, And I'm a person who's coached young people. I've never coached at a high level. I will fully admit that. But for me, defense is always a choice. Defense and rebounding is a choice. you got to get after things. And guys coming off a break – and using the break as the crutch for the reason they didn't play good defense, I don't have much time for that. So um, uh, guys just got to get after it. This is a decision to, uh, are you going to be uh, a good team? Are you going to be a great team? That's really what Purdue, the question they're going to be asking or answering by their effort and how they play defense and how they, um, I mean, they, they did do a pretty good job crashing the glass, but um yeah, the defense, it, it just it's a head-scratcher for me. So that's about it. It is now 12, 10 a.m. Thanks for tuning in to the people that are live. I really appreciate that. Um, and um, uh, hope to see you in Nashville, like I said. God bless you. Hammer down. Um, thanks to our sponsors, AJ's. Uh, a couple people went there tonight, so they had a great uh, great meal. Not surprised. Uh, Gridiron Metalworks. Gridiron Metalworks. Enter Boiled at checkout, 15% off. And, of course, Martin Vintage, which I'm wearing one right now. Uh, Martin Vintage uh, Interboiled Checkout, fifteen percent off there as well, and um, yeah, great sponsors help this help make this thing go. And um, um, Brian T, thank you as well. Boiler up, hammer down. Have a great day. Happy New Year if I don't see you before. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get a quick guest together. But I'm driving there and back tomorrow. We're not staying in Nashville. That's gonna be a tough day, a long day. And um, um, uh, thanks for tuning in to everybody. Hope to see you in Nashville. See ya.